Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, welcome to the podcast. In this session, we will cover cholelithiasis in pregnancy. Gallbladder-related disease is a common non-obstetrical abdominal complaint. Cholelithiasis, or the presence of calculi or gallstones in the gallbladder, or common duct, occurs more frequently in pregnant women. Gallstones can present as an obstructive disease or as cholecystitis, which is an inflammation of the gallbladder secondary to gallstone obstruction of the cystic duct. Gallstones and biliary sludge can cause most gallbladder-related pain. Sludge is considered a precursor to the formation and buildup of gallstones, which are formed from crystallization of cholesterol, calcium, or bile salts. Multiparity is considered a risk factor for gallstone development. However, gallstones are also noted to increase with age, and their formation may be mediated by changes in estrogen and progesterone. Asymptomatic gallstones can be seen in up to 10% of pregnancies. The incidence of gallbladder disease that is symptomatic is 0.05 to 0.3%. Ultrasound findings of the gallbladder in pregnant women show a decrease in the emptying rate and an increase in residual volume after emptying. Eventually, this can lead to stasis and gallstone formation. An increase in gallbladder motility and the larger amounts of circulating bile salt add to more sluggish gallbladder bladder functioning during pregnancy. Symptoms of gallbladder disease are colicky or stabbing pain in the right upper quadrant and or generalized epigastric pain which can radiate to the right scapula and the flank area. Colicky pain often signals a stone obstructing the common bile duct, Murphy's sign, which is tenderness or pain on deep palpation under the right costal margin during inspiration, may be elicited. Other symptoms include anorexia, nausea, vomiting, dyspepsia, low-grade fever, tachycardia, and fatty food intolerance. Abdominal guarding is not usually seen. Pregnant women usually present with acute epigastric pain. Laboratory testing includes assessing the white blood cell count for elevation and elevated liver function tests, which can signal potential gallbladder and liver disease. The imaging method of choice in diagnosing gallstones is ultrasound. Ultrasound is approximately 95% effective in diagnosing gallstones and has no radiation exposure. On ultrasound, gallstones appear as mobile echogenic structures with shadowing. Ultrasound findings indicative of acute cholecystitis are distension of the gallbladder, presence of pericholecystic fluid, and thickening of the gallbladder wall. Okay, next, let's review clinical management. 
Clinical management varies depending on gestational age and severity of symptoms. Conservative medical management is often the first consideration in the first and third trimesters, although the relapse rate for first trimester is high. Conservative management includes the use of IV fluids, correction of electrolyte imbalances, bowel rest, narcotics, antispasmodics, broad-spectrum antibiotics when necessary, and a fat-restricted diet. Fetal assessment and uterine monitoring are indicated depending on the trimester. Unless symptoms are acute, surgical options are often delayed into the second trimester to avoid the risk of spontaneous abortion in the first trimester. Some of this conservative approach during the first trimester is dissipating with improved outcomes with advanced surgical techniques. Various surgical techniques are available and include endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography, open cholecystectomy, and laparoscopic cholecystectomy. The choice of technique will vary based on the institution, access, operator availability, and skill, as well as the severity of symptoms and gestational age. Most of these surgical procedures are reserved for patients with acute unrelenting biliary colic, acute cholecystitis, or those with severe relapsing symptoms. Published data on the surgical management of biliary gallstones in pregnancy revealed that the most common indication was acute cholecystitis at about 40%, acute gallstone-related pancreatitis at about 28%, common bowel duct stone obstruction about 19%, and persistent refractory biliary colic at about 16%. Now, in the study by Conseca et al., who reported these numbers, two women required pre-op endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography and endoscopic stenting. They reported on a total of 32 cholecystectomies, 7 open common bowel duct explorations, and 12 laparoscopic cholecystectomies. One spontaneous abortion was noted in the laparoscopy group. One woman in the cholecystectomy group had a preterm delivery. Monitoring for preterm labor is critical, although laparoscopy has been noted to have a lower incidence of preterm labor than the incidence noted in women who undergo open laparotomy. Historically, dicyclamine, or bental, has been used as an antispasmodic in women with symptomatic gallstones in pregnancy. Dicyclamine is U.S. FDA Pregnancy Category B, which shows that animal reproductive studies have failed to demonstrate a risk to the fetus, but there are no adequate or well-controlled studies in pregnant women. The usual dose is 20 milligrams taken orally, up to four times a day, with a maximum of 40 milligrams taken three to four times a day. Bentol can help alleviate some of the acute symptoms of biliary colic for those suffering with cholelithiasis in pregnancy. Okay, now we've talked about cholelithiasis, gallbladder stones. However, let's say a quick word about cholecystitis. In pregnant women with biliary colic, supportive care will lead to resolution of symptoms in most cases, but the symptoms frequently recur later in pregnancy. After acute appendicitis, acute cholecystitis is the second most common non-obstetrical indication for surgery in pregnant women. 
For a clinical presentation of cholecystitis, physical examination usually reveals pain on palpation in the right upper quadrant with deep inspiration. Again, that's Murphy's sign. Fever and tachycardia may indicate an underlying infection. The presence of peritoneal signs, guarding and rigidity and rebound are extremely ominous signs and may reflect rupture of the gallbladder. Laboratory evaluation may provide assistance in the diagnosis, but it is clear that the clinical course will dictate the management plan. Lab studies commonly performed when evaluating these women include blood leukocyte count, elevation of hepatic function, serum bilirubin, amylase, lipase, and alcohol. FOSS, but remember that ALK-FOSS can also rise from placental production. There are numerous alterations in several of these laboratory parameters which normally occur in pregnancy, like ALK-FOSS, so it's important to interpret that in that picture. The blood leukocyte count varies significantly during normal pregnancy, and values can range from 5,000 to 12,000, and these values may rise significantly with exercise or labor. So once again, it's important to remember that elevated leukocytes that are mildly elevated from 10 to 12 can be normal. Finally, postprandial plasma levels of total bile acids progressively increase during pregnancy. So that's something to remember based on the patient's gestational age at presentation. On ultrasound evaluation, classic findings include biliary sludge, gallbladder calculi, wall thickening greater than 3 millimeters, and sonographic Murphy sign. Initial management of cholecystitis is not much different than acute biliary colic. Initial management includes discontinuation of oral ingestion, intravenous fluid replacement, analgesia, and administration of antibiotics if signs of infection are present in selected high-risk patients. Less invasive procedures like percutaneous gallbladder drainage or ERCP may be performed. A delay in the diagnosis of cholecystitis may increase the risk of perforation, resulting in generalized peritonitis or sepsis, which may ultimately contribute to preterm labor, fetal loss, and maternal mortality. Therefore, when a patient presents who is acutely ill with cholecystitis, although the ideal time for surgical management is the second trimester, surgical intervention may be necessary regardless of gestational age. Well, that wraps up our quick review of cholelithiasis and cholecystitis in pregnancy. We will cover cholestasis of pregnancy in another session. We'll see you next time.